Hi, this is Jesse with Red Cloaks Radio. I'm joined today by my co-host, Martha from Boston Red Cloaks. Our special guest today, returning guests from Mississippi, we've got Kim and Dorenda. Hello. Kim and Dorenda are both organizers of We Engage, and they are also organizers of the Pink House Defenders. They do clinic escort for people who are visiting the only clinic that provides access to abortion in Mississippi. So great to have you guys back. Thank you so much for having us. So we were talking a little bit before we started recording about 2021. Kim, you want to summarize it for us? Well, basically, 2021 has been just basically, hey, 2020, hold my beer. 2021 (laughs) has just marched right on in there and said, hey, hold my beer, watch this. So here we are. Insurrection and all. So we get to look at it and go, wow, this is 2021. (laughs) It's crazy. I made a present for everyone if you're not able to see it, but I'm just sharing it right there. Um, It is one day more as we record because it is January 19th. We want to turn our clocks back. One day more. (laughs) One day more. (laughs) If we can take it. That's just it. And look, we turned the page. People were counting down to the new year. And now we're obviously counting down to inauguration day tomorrow. But the attack on Washington is something we haven't discussed yet. Partially, we've all been incredibly stunned. And yet you did this wonderful piece that you posted in social media reflecting on why it wasn't really such a surprise. So let's start there with how, where were you both when the Capitol was under attack and what were some of your first thoughts as you were seeing it? Well, unfortunately I was not stationary. I had doctor's appointments in another city. So I was rolling around trying to keep up with it. So I was not able to keep up with it in the time that it was happening. So, but what was weird is we as clinic escorts were all in touch with each other through social media while it was going on going, hey, wait a minute, did you see so-and-so? We knew what was going on. We, let me back up a little bit. As, as clinic escorts and defenders, we keep up with antis. That's just what we do in order to kind of keep up with them because we need to know what they're doing, where they're going and all of that. And in doing that, we knew that there was going to be something called the Jericho March. There was going to be this whole thing at the Capitol on the 6th, which everybody knew that there was going to be something on the 6th. But, you know, there's been a big disconnect. I think people are finally catching up to it of the evangelical Christian aspect of this thing that happened at the Capitol. And so we knew something was going to be going on, not particularly the whole violent attack overrun of the Capitol, but we knew that there was going to be a very large presence of antis there already because they had planned this whole MAGA rally thing. I'm looking over here because I printed it out. There there was a guide, literally. If the cops didn't know they were going to be there, we did. So we knew they should have known. So, you know, and wait, I want to just let people know if you're listening and can't see it, it is, I'm looking at like a map to go to Disneyland. It's like drawn yeah, out. No, we can, you know, I can send you a print of this. This is like, it has a list of speakers and where they're going to be at what time, who's speaking when, and you know, all these lovely, I can read it to you. Like the, the freedom rally, the wild protest, the Jericho March from 1145 to 1230. I mean, it was, we knew that was going on. It was put out by, by the uh, organizers 
well ahead of time. This was well and it's, organized. You can't tell by the coffee Kim's holding there, but yeah, it's, like you said, it's just like a map to Disneyland. It's beautiful, multicolored too. It, yeah, no, this was money. This is a lot of. I just print. I didn't want to spend. I didn't want to spend that much ink out of my <laughs> right. right. So I printed in black and white just to get the 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 info off of it. But, and we just came come to find out one of the organizers, the Jericho March, is actually um, an employee of Department of Health and Human Services. That's we'll get to that later. But myself, I was traveling in New Orleans, so I was kind of rolling around, and all of a sudden we're talking to each other, saying, "Oh wow, this is happening." Antis, imagine that. Wonder why they felt so entitled to roll up into the Capitol because they're at clinics. They've been practicing this for years. No one has told them no for years. I've, we've sat there and watched Trump for years, the biggest anti ever. Right. I mean, he uses anti tactics in the way he talks and the way he does things. He speaks to them in their language. He knows how to do that. I mean, it's a very entitled way. And those people, no one has ever, in that crowd, the entitlement was there. They didn't, they weren't wearing masks. They didn't feel like they needed to hide anything. They didn't feel like there was going to be any consequences for their actions. They felt perfectly entitled to go into their house and yell for Nancy, you know, so. That's right, that's right. But I, I was traveling around and we started just dinging each other on social media, just like who's there and what's happening and everything. But that's where I was. I was in New Orleans traveling, unfortunately. I wish I'd been at my house, but you know. Well, I, when it all started, I was actually at the clinic because we had clinic that morning. And um, somebody shared something and I'm like, whoa, wait, let me try to catch up. So between trying to get patients in and um, our antis yelling on the sidewalk and everything else, we started, like Kim said, searching social media. And I came across John Brockhoff pretty quickly. And it's like, oh, my God, they're all there. Because, mm -hmm. you know, he's a convicted clinic bomber, if you don't know that. And uh, a member of Army of God connected to OSA, all different. And so when you start really talking Christian terrorists, he's one of the top dogs. So yeah, we were just all, not just Kim and I, but basically escorts across the country were back and forth on our phones and digging and trying to find everything we could to share and capture. So we can um, archive that. Mm -hmm. That, that kind of uh, civilian, whatever we are, normal, regular people helping grab screenshots is actually what's helped the FBI find people because mm -hmm. people who broke the laws that day were perfectly comfortable broadcasting it, like you said, whether that was entitlement or uh, the desire to brag about what they had done, they're all over social media. So without naming specific names in um, our community. Martha and I live in the same community and mm -hmm. there's a realtor in our community who's a woman who's really proud to be there. And big, big debate um, ensued on one of our listservs that is dominated by, it's an all women group about, you know, outing people, not outing them, reporting to the FBI, really very interesting thinking across America. 
how people respond. Or if they participate in an event where the laws were broken and, and the FBI wants to even just question them to find out what they knew, where they were, what they did. I was home and I had uh, my family here. We were watching TV because I had three of them COVID sick. So uh, it was very hectic. Nobody was in a bad situation. Everybody just had fever, loss of uh, smell, loss of smell, and loss of taste. And um, but that was it. But and we were the rest. I mean, all seven of us had to be uh, confined for 14 days. So we we were watching a movie and a friend called, uh, sent me a text that, are you, are you watching TV? I'm like, yes. And why haven't you commented? Because I'm always saying things and sending emojis and all that. And I'm like, well, I'm watching a movie. And she goes like, no, on Washington. I'm like, so I turned, I put on the news and I started watching and I'm like, this is, it's crazy. And the thing is that it really, and every, all my friends who are very, uh, very subdued and very, they don't go crazy like me. I've been telling them this person is turning this country into a country that he despises. He always calls Mexico, Colombia, all the countries in South America, all the countries in Asia and in Africa, their shitholes. And we, the, this country is becoming a shithole. I'm sorry. And also the other thing that really gets to me is that everybody is saying oh this is not who we are of course you you and your white privilege this is who we are because you you're white you don't feel it but if i look like everybody else but the moment i open my mouth everybody is like Oh, where are you from? Oh, are you from Mexico? Are you from? And the conversation turns into another thing, and people really do change. So I, I, it's it is the it is who the what the country is now. Kim, when you brought up the fact that people though have had years and years and years of not having any consequences. It brought me back to our conversation with you at the end of 2020 talking about even when you had a city ordinance that changed, it wasn't enforced. So what are your thoughts when you look at what we've seen in terms of both now we know people very inside the administration who were absolutely involved in organizing, executing, supporting this and what you see on the local level because there's a really clear connection. Here, it's just so different here. That's about all I can say. I guess we are a precursor of that. Now, now up there, there, that's it's just it's hard for me to verbalize it because with with 
Marjorie Taylor Greene coming in and, and that, that sort of thing. I guess that's where we're beginning to trend more toward what we've always been here in Mississippi. And when he was elected, I sat here and said, welcome to Mississippi. That's what y'all just voted for. And I guess that's what we've just seen is, is, is this is the expression of that. Um, because he's gotten us dangerously close to a very theocratic state with his appointments, with his attitudes, with the GOP, where it's gotten. And that's where we are here. I don't know. I don't really know how to answer that very well. Oh, that seemed like a very, that seemed very thoughtful. <laughs> there was one time that Oprah Winfrey said that whenever all the people that were racist and died, the things, things would change and the country was going to change. But the, the bad thing about that, and it has been like 10 years since that comment, is that all the grandparents and all the parents are teaching their kids and their grandkids all those things. So nothing is going to change. This mention about what Mars is saying, adults pass it on to their kids. And you've talked about having kids brought along to the, to the sidewalk where they're gonna antagonize patients. All these kids are homeschooled. And so, you know, all they have is what they're taught at home. I mean, they're fed Kool-Aid constantly. And that's, I mean, for lack of a better word, they grow these children into what they are. It's constantly passed down. Um, there's not been many studies done, but the one I've found, only about 30% of these kids are gonna get out of this cult. And that's what it is, it's a cult. So it's, 70% homegrown Christian terrorists coming up in their own families. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's not going to change. Just like Martha was saying, you know, it's been a taught, a learned thing. And it's continuing on the sidewalk. And as we see, you know, the militias, all of that, it comes up from inside. And just to go back to what you were saying, you know, what we're, this is the whole, what Kim was talking about. Um, we saw that they are getting some consequences in Washington because it's a federal level, but like you were talking about our buffer zone that came and went and was never enforced, nothing is enforced against them. It's their white Christian privilege. And on local levels, we just can't expect anymore, not just here, but pretty much across the country. Well, and, and I, if I might, I'd like to add something to that. It, back to the federal level, it was creeping to the federal level, say, to the homeschooling. Betsy DeVos was extraordinarily, she was about tearing down the public school system in favor of homeschooling is the preferred method of the Christian privileged. And that's who these people are. These people are very activated in a way that other people are not. And that gives them outsized influence in these spheres. They, they are out there actively influencing in a way that others aren't. They, they have a very small minority, but their influence is outsized because they are agitating in a way that others are not, unfortunately. They're very effective. Their numbers are very small, but they're like 
Betsy DeVos is about dismantling public schools. That's what these people are about. And they don't follow norms. They don't follow laws, so they certainly yeah. don't follow norms. But since we spoke to you, um, we were actually able to pass provisions from the Roe Act that we had been yes. working on. Not the whole Roe Act, though, because similarly, Massachusetts is supposed to be so blue and progressive and liberal, and we're not. I mean, there are people here who are, but there is, again, a small vocal minority. But their tactics line up with what you have described on the sidewalk and what we all saw happen in the Capitol building. They are not going to respect norms. So they're calling legislators and they're talking about infanticide. They're spreading lies. Mm -hmm. They're well-funded. They have glossy literature that goes out through a network of churches that participate. Mm -hmm. Obviously, not all churches, but the churches who are part of that network and support it. So that's part of why it really helps to reflect with you on what happened in the Capitol, what happens in the sidewalk, and what's happening mm -hmm. in states all across the country, whether they're seen as blue or red. Part of it seems to be revealing for people these connections Correct. that they're Correct. just not aware of. So maybe they sent $5 to a clinic because they support access to abortion, but they're not necessarily focused on, well, who are those antis? What's driving them? What is that network? And you've really spent time analyzing, experiencing, and living it. So it's so helpful to right. hear from you. Yeah, people don't understand. These people are fighting a war that most people don't understand even exists. They, they are fighting a war that our side is not even acknowledging, much less participating in. I'm interested in you know comparing where we are regionally because it feels like the terrorism in the South with lynchings and not having um, even the laws that were meant to, to be helpful to give people access to voting. So much fear and intimidation happened with the Ku Klux Klan and people turning a blind eye and you know widespread lynchings. There's like, you need federal action. We're gonna have a switch tomorrow. We're gonna have a whole new administration. What do you see as some things that the new administration might be able to do? And what do you see as limits, things that they probably can't do? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, obviously, we're hoping that the Hyde Amendment will, you know, go by the wayside. And I think that's got a, probably a pretty good chance of happening. But, you know, the problem is, and I hate to say this, but the states have too much power. Um, what we're watching right now that I don't think people, everybody's real comfortable with, you know, the new administration, come, everything's going to be okay. It's sure not. Um, just, I think, two days ago in um, Indiana, John Jacobs, who's a new representative there um, that was backed by Operation Save America, and he won his election, and he introduced a new bill to completely abolish and criminalize abortion. And that's Indiana, okay? It's not the South. Arizona, if they haven't already introduced it, is a, introducing an identical bill. Yeah. Oklahoma is introducing an identical bill. And, you know, they're so extreme that they may or may not pass. However, it's just opening up the gate for something just a little less extreme that's going to go right on through because, well, we're going to vote against this, but here goes this. I mean, and the federal government's not going to have any control over that. So while, yeah, we're going to have some protections and things are definitely going to be better, um, the states haven't changed. We're red. 
plenty of red states out there. And like you said, even in the north, even in the blue states, they have so much power and influence right now that unfortunately, I think we're still going to see these trap laws coming through and they're going to pass. And look, they've got the court because also last week we had the Supreme Court decision come down in the FDA versus American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists. And they're saying no out of all the 20,000 drugs that have been approved by the FDA, just one, just mifeprestone is going to require patients to come in. And they didn't even do a real decision. Like they barely had to like cough a little bit on a piece of paper to say, we're going to take everything we can away from you in terms of supporting your constitutional rights. Mm-hmm. Quite a spot. And during, I think you're right. Like people who are thinking, oh, new administration, I can go back under my pillow and mm-hmm. not think about this. They have that's, actually managed to shift the power. That's the, the real danger we have here. Mm-hmm. That's the real danger we have here is, oh, well, we can stop now. Guess what? Biden's in. Yay. Yeah, no, that's when we... I think we have to keep on pressing and pressing and pressing and telling people, do not, uh, do not close the door. We have to keep on going and keep on telling people we have to keep on changing things because as you said, they are a small group, but a small group or that are backed by a lot of money and by powerful people, but I, somebody needs to explain to me what do they get in return? Why they politically, do it? for him personally, politically expedient. Someone else wants that. He doesn't want it. He doesn't care. He's not touched by it personally. Oh, like that's going to bother him any. It's not. It's not going to bother anybody that's personally connected to him. He has enough money to buy his way and his family's way out of whatever that might touch. That's for other people to be worried about. So someone is buying that from him. There are other more powerful interests, the Koch brothers, um, any number of dark money interests, PACs that have that interest that, you know, Susan B. Anthony List, um, any other, these people care. They want it for their own reasons. And he's happy to get it to them because, oh, you're going to donate what? Well, thank you so much. That's his interest. And he doesn't care. It's, it's not personal to him. He could give a rest. Oh, you're going to donate? Thank you so much. That's my personal opinion. I mean, I don't know. I don't have crystal ball. That's, he, <laughs> he's not worried about right. He's worried about him, you know, his, his, where he goes down in history, conservative Look at what I did. Look at all these judges, you know. The time goes so fast when we are looking at things at a national level as well as the state level down to the sidewalks and the local level. Thank you for taking time with us today. We know we're going to want to circle back and check in. On the upside, it is Inauguration Eve and tomorrow can be a little tiny bit better, but clearly our work is not done. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you for Thanks having us. Thanks for having us, Jesse. Thanks, Martha. Always. No, thank you. And let's keep fighting. Yes, always. <laughs> <laughs>